things are things are kind of back to normal. You can, um, I, I think restaurants are, you know, completely open, um, not just uh, not just patios. Movie theaters are open. Um, I went to see a movie shortly after I was two weeks out from my second shot, um, yeah. and you know, was back in a theater and it was just. It was great. I saw a, I saw a giant ape and a giant lizard beat the hell out of each other for two hours, yes. eating a bucket of popcorn. So it was. everyone and welcome to a new episode of set lessing bruce your podcast all about bruce springsteen his music and mostly his fans i am your host jesse jackson and joining me is a repeat guest uh for a while there ron martz was joining me like every week and so it's actually been a few months since he's been on but ron welcome back to the show thank jesse i'm happy to be here yeah um i tell you what um I thought of you when uh, a few weeks ago I had Amanda Lear on the phone and she had done the Stephen King, Bruce Springsteen quiz for uh, the website. And I don't know if you saw that. But oh, yeah, was, I did. It was perfect. It was. It, it, in fact, I, I wish there was a way like if if we had not known it in advance to actually have done that live right like pulled that up and go okay let's guess um it was just beautiful of you know how many first off you know she she did it obviously so that both of them you know the the line did a stephen king story or novel as well as a Springsteen song, but it was hilarious how many of them you, I at least went immediately, oh, that's got to be Stephen King. Then you're like, oh, that's got to be Bruce. And then a couple like, okay, that could be either one. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, it was, it was perfect. And in a lot of ways, um, you know, Bruce and King are sort of my twin huge influences Yes, in terms of, of what I write and how I approach what I do. Um, so I immediately saw that and I was like, man, I, I, I got to talk to her someday. Yeah, she was really nice. And uh, I, I am hoping to have her on again. I thought she was very creative. Um, you know, she does mostly satire, uh, which was just perfect. It was just really great. So um, so it's uh, June. Well, it's July in 2021. Uh, we're going to catch up. You have a new Kickstarter to talk about. But in this new, uh, you know, our second summer of COVID, how are you doing? Um, well, you know, like the, the last time we talked, um, pandemic isn't all that different for a guy that works at home. Yes. Uh, you know, it's it, when people say, oh, how are you, you know, how are you adjusting? And, you know, the, there's no adjustment at all. This is what I've been doing for 30 years. Um, yeah. Um, so, you know, sort of you're sort of uh, shamefaced when you have to admit that. Um, so it, I mean, for me, obviously it wasn't a whole, it wasn't a whole different way of living. Um, obviously, you know, last summer you couldn't really go to restaurants and sit inside. You couldn't, um, 
couldn't go to the gym. Um, there were, you know, there were adjustments to be made. You couldn't go to a, you know, summer shed concert. Um, well, and, and all of that. So all of that stuff kind of went away. But, um, you know, you 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 adjust. You you know, you deal with it because we as a society have to do this thing and get over it. Um, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't work unless we're all pulling in the same direction. Yeah, and if I remember correct, and I could be wrong, and luckily, you know, no one's gonna. You, you'll. It, I only think the person I'm going to embarrass is is, <laughs> is you is me in front of you, right? Like you were talking about, you were taking your daughter's car to the shop, and normally you guys would have stopped for breakfast and at this place that you guys liked, and like you couldn't, uh, you know. And so those are the small things. Uh, Texas opened up several months ago. I would make the argument maybe a little too early, but our governor. Um, tends to be wanting to, he's in a race with the Florida governor on who could be the most crazy. Yeah. Who's, who's, who's the worst guy? Um, Yeah. Uh, yeah. um, I think the, I think the, you know, let's give guns to everybody like candy puts your governor ahead right now. Yes. Um, But I'm, I'm assuming governor DeSantis will, um, will up the ante at some point. Yeah. He will say, hold my beer. Right. A, like he will say, oh, really? It's, uh, it's really, a, you know, it's a it just seems like we're moving further and further in the direction of two almost completely different countries. And, I, you know, yeah. I don't think it's good and I hope it doesn't continue. But when you're faced with a, you know, with a uh, with a situation like this where, you know, it's just like, look, just, you know, just go get vaccinated and then nobody has to worry about it. And people are. Are, are dead set against getting a, a vaccination that is 95% effective, um, which is an amazing number. Um, I think mostly because they've been told they shouldn't get it by their chosen media. Um, it's just that we live in a very odd time where people feel like they get to choose their own realities. Um, and, and ultimately science doesn't care what reality you choose. Science is science. Yeah, and I I do agree with that, and it is kind of like crazy. Um, there's so much to talk about that, and and I'm sitting there going, why? Um, you know, there was a um, an East Coast um, looks like she's a talk show host that did an article, and I tweeted it like she's like, okay, I'm not going to go to Bruce because he's requiring me to be vaccinated, and I'm like, first off. Bruce isn't requiring anyone to do anything. You know, the the state of New York and the city of New York have come up with guidelines for reopening Broadway. He has no, you, you want to talk about what songs he picks on the set list? Yes, that's Bruce's uh, call. But, you know, what's in the audience? Um, and then I, I have cracked up at the people that, and I think it's a legitimate thought is that there was a Canadian vaccine that had been approved for Canada, but U.S. had not approved it. And so therefore, it wasn't considered that it is isn't a legitimate vaccine. And someone brought up, I said, this is a really good thought on how are we going to do this with different countries? And they ended up allowing those so people from Canada can go see, you know, Springsteen on Broadway. Or more importantly, you can go back and forth. But I mean, that was a legitimate discussion that 
you know, how much do you trust another government's uh, approval of a vaccine? Yeah, it's well, I, you know, I'm talking to a lot of a lot of friends, a lot of writers and artists that live in other countries. Um, and um, they're, they're literally dying for the vaccine. I, I, I spoke to a couple of friends in Brazil over the last few days and their situation is not good. Um, they don't have enough vaccine. They're not quite certain that the vaccine they do have um, because they're importing it from China is as effective as they would like it to be. Um, the rollout is very, very slow. And, you know, and here we've got people bitching and moaning that, oh, I don't wanna go get the vaccine, but let me go into a Broadway theater that's tightly packed. Um, Broadway theaters are notoriously small um, and the seats are packed in together. You know, I, I don't wanna get the vaccine, but I, I, I don't wanna have to suffer any consequences for it. I mean, just, just grow up, yeah, grow and up. Go, get, go get jabbed. It's, it's the easiest thing in the world to do. I mean, I, as soon as I was eligible, I drove to Syracuse, which is two and a half miles away from me to get my shots. Well, and I was thrilled to do it. Um, I've so shared it just, this, yeah. It just baffles me that, you know, that we are such a spoiled society that we feel like, well, I don't, you know, I don't want to get that because, because I, you know, I, I did my own research from some idiot on YouTube who said that, that, you know, maybe it's not effective or it puts nanotechnology into my body from Bill Gates or whatever other ludicrous conspiracy theories you want. Um, and those people want to be taken seriously. This, you know, this is a very simple thing. You know, you want to go into a convenience store and buy a soda and a bag of chips before you go to the beach, you know, no shoes, no shirt, no service. The business yeah. sets the rules. If you don't want to adhere to that, that's fine, but you can't go in. And this is the same thing. If you don't want to be vaccinated, okay, fine, but you don't get to come in. Well, and when this first came up, Ron, and I've talked about this on the podcast, right? To, to sign up my son for Little League, right? I had to not only bring his birth certificate, but I had to show that he was, had, had all his, uh, he was up to date on his uh, shots, his vaccines, you know? Um, and it, it is just, it is a health thing. It isn't a political thing. And, and I think that's one of the sad things about it. Well, uh, I, you know, I, I think about what, where we were, you know, a, a few decades ago. Yeah. In terms of of you know regulations coming out that say you got to wear your seatbelt. Right. If you're in a car, you have to wear a seatbelt. Yeah. Like if if that came out now, people would lose their minds. Yes. Simply because they're being told to wear a seatbelt. Now, obviously, wearing seatbelts has saved countless lives. Yes. But uh, but we've come to a point where in in America in 2021 if you tell someone to do something a segment of the population is going to refuse no matter what it is if you are giving ice cold water to people dying in the desert they would refuse it simply because you told them to have a drink of water um, yeah. and it's you know I, I don't know that there's any fix for it because um, you know like the man said there's no fixing stupid well and you know, I, I, I'm right there with you. And there are things that, 
uh, and we'll get off politics in a minute, but, you know, when I hear that the latest, the laws that in Texas, that you can show your gun permit, and that is considered a valid ID to vote, but your University of Texas student ID is not. Yeah, well, it, it, Excuse it, me? Know, it, it tells you an obvious, it, it tells you what the obvious, um, what the obvious priorities are. And it also yeah. tells you where the lobbyist money is coming from. Yeah, exactly. And that's just crazy. Um, but have you been able to go out a little bit? Have you, uh, have yeah, you well, gotten you know, to? I'm in New York State. So yeah. um, we hit 70% vaccinated, um, I think, last week. Well done. Uh, you know, again, there's, you know, I, I think I, I read something like some of the southern states are like 30 percent, which yeah. just, you know, again, is mind boggling um, that there's that sort of dichotomy in how people are, are approaching this. Um, so here in New York State, you know, yeah. everything's everything's kind of back to normal in that sense. Um, you know, there's there's no more social distancing required. There's no more masks required unless you are unvaccinated. Right. Um you know, if you go into a store or a restaurant and you are unvaccinated, you're supposed to be wearing a mask. Um, now, my assumption is that the unvaccinated people among us are not doing that anyway right. um, because they're they're obstinate and belligerent. Um, but you know, we're we're reaching the point of uh, we're we're starting to get to the point of herd immunity, and the cases are very low here anyway. Um, so uh, things are things are kind of back to normal. You can, um, I, I think restaurants are, you know, completely open. Um, not just, uh, not just patios, uh, mm -hmm. movie theaters are open. Um, I went to see a movie shortly after I was two weeks out from my second shot. Um, yeah. and you know, was back in a theater and it was just, it was great. I saw a, I saw a giant ape and a giant lizard beat the hell out of each other for two hours. Um, and you're just like eating a, eating a bucket of popcorn. So it was, it was great. And, you know, the um, tickets for music venues are back on sale. And yeah. um, so at least here, we're, we're getting back to normal. Comic conventions are coming back and invitations to appear at shows are coming in. So um, little by little, we're getting back to normal. So I think that's just how it's going to go. There are going to be there are going to be states and areas in this country where people got vaccinated and we're going to get back to a semblance of normalcy. And there are going to be other places where people aren't bothering and a lot of people are going to get sick and some people are going to die. Um, yeah. And it's, it's a, you know, it, it's a grim choice that, that people are making for others, um, including, including children. Cause obviously, um, obviously children are not, uh, 12, 12 or, or 11 and under 12 were approved for 12 and up, um, 11 yeah. and under are, um, are in this weird gray zone of you're not you're not vaccinated yet, but um, your things are sort of returning to normal. So um, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully, very few people pay that price. Um, yeah, I, my hope is that too. I um, we have um, we have tickets to see Marsha Ball on August 14th, uh, you know, from uh, New Orleans, uh, great, you know, musician. Uh, we're excited about going to see her perform. 
uh, we've, you know, we've started now, you know, going to see, you know, like friends, like, okay, are you vaccinated? You're vaccinated. Okay. Let's, let's get together because it's been too long since we've been able to see each other. And so that's, that is in good, that is making us very happy. Yeah. Uh, it feels, um, it feels like a reward. Yeah, um, it does. It feels like, um, uh, we, you know, we suffered for more than a year and now, you know, I can, I can go out and meet friends for a beer. I can, um, yeah. uh, and, you know, and actually I'm doing some of the stuff that, um, that I did last summer, like play softball and play golf. Um, you know, that's obviously an outdoor thing mm-hmm. and, um, that feels very normal. That feels very, uh, very safe. So it's, um, you know, I think, yeah. I think we have a short cultural memory. Mm-hmm. Um, so my suspicion is that in a year or two, people won't even remember what this was like. Um, yeah. because we tend to, we tend to forget, um, we tend to forget what happened in the recent past and just go back to the way we think, the way we think things should be. Yeah. Um, so, uh, now you I hope mentioned- there aren't hard lessons learned. Yeah. I hope so too. You mentioned conventions. Uh, what's the latest? When are you got any to schedule? Or um, yeah, I've agreed to. It's it's funny. I've I've mostly agreed to do the shows that I had agreed to do in 2020. Yes. Um, that got scrapped. Um, that that just went by the boards because we couldn't do them. So uh, I'm doing Awesome Con in Washington D.C at the end of August, um, which was a reschedule from 2020. Uh, I'm doing Rose City Convention in Portland, Oregon in September and um, uh, Granite State Con in uh, Manchester, New Hampshire in September as well. Um, both of those were also reschedules. And then uh, I will be in um, Sioux Falls, South Dakota for the first time in my life in October. Well, very nice. Well, um, I was very tempted to go to Dragon Con this year. Um, decided that with, you know, going through all the surgeries and all the health things that I didn't think it was right to my first trip out of town after my wife has been so supportive, like, hey, going to comic convention. So we're, we're going to, yeah, see ya, <laughs> uh, you know, um, and, and instead uh, I've, I've reached out to, I, I have a couple people that, um, that run the tracks at Dragon Con and, and one of them I specifically said, my hope is despite my hope is Bruce is touring next year, but my hope is that I'll be able to at least see a couple of Bruce shows and still make Dragon Con next next fall. Yeah, so. I, I'm a little, um, I'm a little more apprehensive of the huge shows. Yes, I can um, see that. Uh, just because, I mean, the huge shows are an ordeal anyway. Yeah. Um, so, like, I will probably put in an appearance at uh, New York Comic Con. Um, but I certainly I wouldn't I won't be setting up I won't be there every day. Do you um, usually go to Comic Con in San Diego? Um, yeah, I usually end up out there most years. Um, okay. I, I think the last few years I've kind of ended up on the every other year um, okay. program. Um, you know that's a 
you know, you, you work like a dog to get ready for San Diego and then you have this San Diego experience and then you come back and you collapse for a week because you were in San Diego. Um, it's a, it sort of blows a three week hole into your schedule. Um, so uh, it's certainly, you know, it's an epic thing um, yes. that I've seen grow from, um, from fairly humble, you know, fairly humble beginnings. Yeah. Uh, I think the first year I was out there was probably 92 or 93. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just the, you know, the convention center itself was a third yeah. of the size that it is now. And the, um, the gas lamp district, which, you know, borders the convention center and has a baseball stadium in it now. And like all, none of that stuff was there. The, 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 the other side of the tracks from the convention center was literally the other side of the tracks. Um, you know, San Diego is a Navy town. So it was full of, of, you know, massage parlors and hourly hotels and tattoo joints yeah. and liquor stores. Um, so you were, you know, as a, as a, uh, you know, as a young, uh, impressionable comic creator, you were told, yeah, don't, don't wander too far up those streets uh, at, after dark. Um, so to see what it is now, to see that um, the sort of gentrification that has happened um, through all of those streets, um, in large part due to, due to Comic-Con. I mean, other conventions there too as well, but really uh, Comic-Con is the economic engine that drives all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, plus, the, the, plus the baseball stadium having moved in there. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I've, I've seen these, these edifices, you know, knock down buildings and build a new building. And now that building has been knocked down two or three times to build something grander. Um, it's, it's really a, a, a process that has happened. Um, and it's, it's almost like time-lapse because you see it once a year. Um, you go out and you, you know, you have your Comic-Con experience and you're like, oh, there's a Hard Rock Hotel there now. It's, it's, it's no longer this, you know, a little corner Mexican restaurant. It's, it's this huge corporate um, edifice. So it's, a, it's an interesting thing to see how it's, um, how it's evolved. And, and frankly, the, you know, the baseball stadium being there has made a huge impact. Um, I, I've been going to, I've been going to San Diego long enough that there was no baseball stadium there. And then there was a baseball stadium and there were games during Comic-Con. Um, so you had these, these two rather huge, um, uh, huge crowds converging, you know, people from the baseball, people that were there for the baseball game and the people coming out of Comic-Con and, um, and they they've done away with that like the Padres are now out of town um every time the the Comic-Con comes to town um, because because the stadium also gets used as a venue well and you know I we've talked about it I I, I love Dragon Con I've never made it to San Diego and um and that is one of the beauties of Dragon Con in Atlanta is there's usually two or three college football teams in town for some kind of tournament and there's usually a conference and there's just all kinds of mixing um i always think of our friend tom zoller um says that when he sees people drinking at san diego it's to numb the pain when he sees people drinking at dragon con it's because they seem to be having fun uh, <laughs> there's, there's there's a certain amount of truth to that i mean yeah. san diego is um San Diego is a bit of an ordeal to be survived. Yes. Um, I think everybody should see it once. Yes. And then decide if you want to see it twice. 
Right. Um, it's, uh, it, you know, and obviously the, the media coverage of it now has just fueled incredible interest um, for people to, um, uh, people to want to be out there. Um, yeah. It's uh, people who have, you know, really no idea about comics and maybe aren't huge fans of the movies or anything, but it's just, it's a cultural happening now. Yes. So, you know, so you, you go out there and you, you know, you spend the better part of four and a half days with 150,000 of your closest friends. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and, and I know there, there isn't as much business done there as there used to be, but there still is a fair amount of business where there are connections and you see people you don't normally see and you get to connect and, and work through that. So, yeah, it's, it's almost turned into the show where you, you know, you, you run into people, you, you set meetings to have, you know, an interaction with somebody, whether it's a publisher or, you know, film studio or production house or something like that. Uh, And you sort of, there's so much going on and there's so many people all over the place that you, it's almost the kind of, it's almost the place that you now have a meeting so that you can set up a meeting later on. Yeah. That, Um, that makes a lot more sense. um, It's uh, you know, it's the, the the big shows are, you know, the big shows are great. They're obviously a huge, um, uh, a huge crowd pleaser um, for the general public, not even just the, the hardcore fans. Um, so they're, they're great, um, but they're a, a different kind of thing than, um, than some of the more comic-oriented shows, some of the more regional shows, which are, which are a little bit more, um, a little bit more enjoyable and, you know, comic, um, comic-oriented, comic-friendly. So, um, which I'm not, you know, I'm not saying um, it's a problem in any way. Um, if, you know, if you go to a comic convention and you're, you're, you know, you look at the guest list and it's, you know, um, movie and TV stars and wrestlers and, and you go and you say, well, there aren't enough comic people here. I got ripped off. Well, that's your fault. Look at the guest list. It's, you know, it's, you don't go into a pizza joint and order a hamburger, um, you know, know what you're, know what you're getting into and know where you're headed. Um, there's, there's a flavor for everybody. So when a couple of years ago, uh, I guess longer than that, but I, I was working for a company that um, used Salesforce and um, their big convention is called Dreamforce in San Francisco. And it is massive. It takes over San Francisco. It is, you know, you know, dozens of hotels and events. And my boss was explaining that he just, he was, it was so overwhelming. He wasn't impressed and he just didn't understand. And I used the San Diego story. I said that, or in this case, Dragon Con, I said, you, you have to be prepared beforehand. You have to have a plan. You have to do some research. What are the guests I want to see? What are the panels I want to attend? What are the events that are must see? What's my backup? And then also enjoy that sometimes what's going to be the best part of and and i'm going to tie this to bruce right the bruce the show when you see a bruce concert is always the highlight but sometimes what you may think back on is running into someone in the queue or at a bar pre-show and you guys end up having a great conversation and, you know, and I can't tell you how many times where I just ran into someone into a lobby 
of a hotel or at a bar or at a restaurant and we ended up spending an hour talking just about stuff and it's like well gosh that was that was as good as any panel I attended or any meeting any you know um, listening to anyone you know talk yeah it's I find that often the the unplanned things um, are the ones that that are both the most enjoyable and also the ones that, you know, bear the most fruit in a professional sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, somebody you bump into in the bar or, um, you know, in the line at the, at the Starbucks, at the convention center, um, or even just, you know, just dinner afterwards. Um, yeah. You know, this, we are, we are social animals. Um, and certainly comics is one of the more social industries, period. Um, so all of that stuff, you know, all of that stuff happens um, kind of when you, when you least expect it. Absolutely. So um, the last time we had you on, um, Letter to You had not come out. So um, breaking news, Bruce had a new album out at the end of last <laughs> year. Uh, what were your thoughts? Um, I loved it. You know, it was... Um, it was a um, uh, it was a uh, kind of a throwback record in some ways. Um, you know, the full and I, I have to you know preface this by saying I love everything that Bruce does. Um, yes. You know the the um, the solo stuff, the more acoustic oriented stuff. Um, I loved Western Stars a bunch. Um, and I know that there are some Bruce fans that, you know, they want that big E Street wall of sound. Um, and that's, that's great. But I, you know, I like all the, all the flavors on the buffet table. Yes. Um, so it was nice to get um, Letter to You uh, and have, you know, quite a big, you know, quite a big sound to it, um, which we hadn't, we hadn't really gotten in a while. Um, you know, obviously, I mean, obviously we're here to, to, because we all love what Bruce does. Um, the, um, the, the fact that you can get all of this stuff is, uh, it from the same person, from the same source, um, to me is one of the most exciting things about, um, Bruce's whole catalog is, you know, kind of, there's, there's something for every mood. I, you know, I listen to a lot of Bruce, um, both on the Sirius XM station and, and just listening to albums um, while I work. And, um, you know, I'm forever picking different stuff because I'm in a different kind of mood um, or I'm writing a different kind of story. Um, so I, you know, I found Letter to You to be um, a real gift because we needed it at that time. Um, uh, I, I totally agree with you. And in fact, I, I, I've said the same thing, right? Like um, at the end of the fall last year, you know, I, before we had heard this, you know, I'd said the, you know, if I got a new president in the fall and a new Springsteen album, I maybe 2020 wouldn't be the worst year ever. Um, and I say that slightly tongue in cheek with understanding how many, how much pain and, and, and sorrow we had experienced in 2020, but it did was kind of not only the album and not only the documentary, but he did so much press and, and, and such an interesting press. You know, there was a lot of good interviews with him and a lot of discussion. Um, it really did feel like this 
this cold drink of water after being, you know, uh, exercising for a long time or something. Yeah, it was, it was a, I think for a lot of us, it was a very necessary uh, thing to have. Um, and like, you know, the, the SNL appearance, uh, you know, all of, uh, all of this, the, the kind of the cascade of, as you said, the interviews and, you know, all of that additional content that we got um, was, you know, was really very necessary. I think particularly here, you know, the Northeast in general, New York in specific, um, you know, we had had a pretty good summer and then things started to, started right. to break down again um, in the fall. And so, um, and, you know, places, you know, places shuttered and um, people, you know, did, did unwise things for, um, for Thanksgiving and Christmas and um, having that album to go back to um, was, was a real boon for me. Um, yeah. I have the, you know, I have the, I actually have the vinyl sitting, you know, sitting here right next to my desk. Um, Cause I just, I wanted that, that artifact. I wanted that, um, that keepsake of that album from that time. Yeah. And, you know, I have quoted you multiple times um, when he had just, one of the last times we talked, we discussed about his doing from my home to you and you said something along the lines, like, we know he's a great storyteller. So why are we shocked that he can tell a story in this format, right? Something along that lines. And he's continued to do that. I mean, you know, every two to three weeks, he comes up with a different theme. And um, I guess he mentioned that this is part of the reason he loves doing it, is it helps him have an excuse to go explore and find music. But um, I, I that's continued to be a treat. Oh, yeah. The, you know, and the the breadth of the catalog that he's picking from, um, yeah. both, you know, both stuff that's, I was, you know, I was going to say, you know, 40 or 50 years old, you know, Motown stuff, but yeah. even, even earlier than that, you know, yeah. kind of folk records and two, two stuff that came out, you know, very recently. Um, uh, it's obvious it's, it's exposing me to new material too. Um, it's, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's the gift that, that keeps on giving. Um, I, you know, I listened to, you know, obviously I listened to that. I, I watched, um, the uh, the performances by Jason Isbell and Amanda Shires that they were uh, that they were doing from their barn um, yeah. at the beginning of the the pandemic because uh, I'm a huge fan of of what they do yes absolutely um, uh, you know like that sort of stuff that that helped all of us I think feel connected when we were the most isolated um, I think I'm always going to look back on you know extremely fondly. Um, not just because I enjoyed it, but because I needed it. Yeah. My, my friend, uh, Sam, who is a huge Springsteen fan and uh, Bob Dylan fan as well, but we, we met for lunch um, this week and he talked about he's going to Shoals Fest um, coming up and he says in Alabama, I did not know I needed to go to Mulcher Shoals, Alabama, but um Jason, Amanda, Lucinda Williams, Drive By Truckers, they're all doing like a three-day festival. And, um, and, and I'm like, wow, that, that 
talk about, you know, he's vaccinated. He says, I'm ready to get into a festival. I am ready to go enjoy music. And I'm like, good for you. I, I just think, yeah, I'm a big Jason Isbell fan too. And I just think they're, he's passionate and he's a great writer. And um, the latest release, when he talked about uh, the song he has, it gets easier, but it's never easy. Um, addressed, not that I, I have my own addictions. I've never been someone who uh, has had problems with drug or alcohol, but I've had my own share of addictions in other ways. And that song explains it as well as anything I've ever heard. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, uh, I, I, I kick myself. Um, one of the few shows that has been in the area that I missed is um, uh, Jason and the 400 unit came to, um, to Albany, to the Palace Theater here where I've seen a, a bunch of great shows. Um, and uh, it was um, it was just a night where I was so snowed under with deadlines, I just could not get away. And there were, there were actually a few tickets left. Um, I could have gotten into the, could have gotten into the building. And um, you know, I'm sitting here working on a script and I, it might've been a Thursday night and just trying yeah. to get, get stuff in and, you know, nine o'clock rolled around and I'm thinking, oh man, they're, they're just probably hitting the stage now. And what am I doing sitting here? Yeah, exactly. Um, so the, so the, the lesson for me was, you know, you, you find a way to go. You gotta, exactly. You know, uh, and certainly, you know, um, within the, you know, the last year plus uh, where we didn't have that option at all, just brings it home even more so. Yes. That, yeah. That's, that's, um, that's a thing you have to do when you have the chance. Um, well said. And, and both, um, you know, for both sides of it, both for, for being in the audience and also for, you know, I, I know that, um, you know, musicians must be just, you know, besides the financial aspect of it, um, they must just be, you know, jumping through their skins to go out and be in front of people and do what they do. Um, you know, luckily, I what I do is I sit in a room and make up stuff. Um, right. So you know, that's a that's a solitary pursuit, no matter what. Um, but for for people who uh, make their living, but also just you know make that connection that enlivens them, um, being in front of an audience. Um, the last you know the last year and you know three four months, however long. Um, however long people have been out of circulation um, has just been must I can't imagine what that's like if that's your life. Well, you know, one of the things Sam said at his lunch is he says, and you know, uh, I'm flying, you know, I've had to buy the ticket. I I'm had to fly. I'm getting in the hotel room and it's an extravagance. And I said, but wait a minute, you know, you haven't got to go to a show in a year and a half. I said, and, I know Jason Isbell was on Brian Koppelman's The Moment podcast. And he, once again, I'm paraphrasing, but be like, Amanda and I are doing fine financially, but I will tell you not playing in front of live audience is driving me bonkers. And so I would think you get these group together. I said, there's a good chance you're gonna see some pretty magical moments, Sam. You know, I mean, he's going to play with the drive-by truckers. He'll do other things. I mean, you know, I just think that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, so. I think that the, 
I think all of it, you know, live shows, yeah. comic conventions, all yeah. of that. People are just going to be um, super hyped to get back to what what they see as as normal life. It, you know, it, it is normal life. Yeah, um, I, I totally agree. Um, so what do you got going on? You have a new Kickstarter um, campaign starting, right? It's it's actually not even a Kickstarter. It's, oh, okay. it's on a different platform. Oh, called- well, talk to me. It's a it's a different platform called Zoop, which was um, started by um, a couple of guys I know have known you know for a number of years in the business and and they've started a new comic centric uh, crowdfunding platform called Zoop, which is Z O O P, okay, um, which is short and sweet and a pretty you know pretty clever um, pretty clever uh, name to put out there. Um, so, you know, they, they got in touch with me and said, Hey, do you have, we're, we're starting this new platform. It's, you know, it's a crowdfunding platform, but we want to kind of streamline some of what Kickstarter does, what Indiegogo does and have it be, um, have it be much more comic centric, um, at least initially. Um, and I think generally they're going to, they're going to stick with that model. Um, so I got together with, um, my, uh, my friend and sometime co-writer Andy Lanning, um, and my longtime artistic collaborator, Rick Leonardi. And we came up with a, uh, a big cosmic epic sort of story called resolution. And we're doing it via this platform. Um, so it's, it's me and Andy Landing co-writing, Rick Leonardi penciling, and Andy will be inking Rick's pencils because uh, Andy is a terrific inker. So, um, so it's, it's very much the three-headed monster on this one and telling the kind of story that, um, that I did in Silver Surfer and Green Lantern and that Andy did when he was writing um, Legion of Superheroes and Guardians of the Galaxy, very much the version that Andy worked on is, is the version that, you know, that everybody has seen in the movies. Um, and Rick obviously has a long and storied career in comics, drawing everything from, you know, X-Men to Spider-Man to Justice League. Um, so this is, and I'm, and I'm sure I've, you know, made this comparison before on the show. Um, comics is one of the things you can you can make a thing by calling up your friends and saying, Hey, you want to do this thing? Um, so that's very much what we're doing on this, uh, on this project. Um, so, uh, the crowdfunding campaign is running on Zoop right now. Um, and it's called resolution and, uh, we're having a ball doing it. Uh, we're in the, in the early stages of, we, you know, we've got the stories so or in the early stages of, um, scripting stuff out and Rick drawing pages and, um, probably six months or so um we'll have the 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 product will be a, an oversized hardcover uh nice because, because we get to you know we get to pick the format we get to pick the um how this thing comes out so we we decided well let's let's do it big let's do it hardcover um let's have extra pages in there with um with sketches and behind this behind the scenes material um and there will be a, a companion book that'll be like 48 page comic size um, uh-huh. that is kind of, we'll have the script in it and Rick's layouts and pencils and we'll, we'll walk you through how the book came together. It'll be the very much the, the DVD extras of the making of uh, our little tale. 
so um, I, I'm excited about it. We will include the link. Uh, do you want to give the elevator pitch on the story? Sure. The, the, the elevator pitch, the, the, you know, the, um, the, the sort of, uh, you know, this meets that Hollywood pitch of it yeah. is, is kind of uh, Green Lantern Corps meets Unforgiven. Uh, so, um, it is, it's, it's set in the far future and, uh, our main character is named Zan Maddox. Um, uh, she is a, uh, retired hero from a, um, from a galactic, um, heroic force that sort of keeps peace in the galaxy. Um, she has since retired and retreated to a solitary life as, um, as basically a water farmer on an arid planet. So um, she lives a, you know, she lives a solitary life um, and um, people from her past come to her and say, the, uh, your arch nemesis, this, uh, this epic warlord that she had numerous battles with, her, her Thanos, if you will, um, is, um, is losing his mind. Um, he's, he's in decline, losing his mind, um, and uh, there's a bounty on his head. And we need that money. So join us. Come help us, you know, grab up your, your uh, diminished arch nemesis, and, um, and we'll all be set for life. And she is, uh, she is faced with the decision of, do I want to go there and do that again, or do I just want to be left alone? Um, so I don't want to give away more specifics no. than that. Oh, no, that, but that's a great premise. Um, but uh, her, her choices, um, her choices obviously resonate, um, through the story. So we will see, um, we will see glimpses of her past as a hero in her prime. And then the rest of the story, um, obviously is, is set in, in a, in the contemporary time frame, where she's trying to decide what to do, and um, and her uh, her decisions greatly affect the rest of the universe um, in ways that she did not expect. So, um, so the hope is that what we're doing here is the first of at least three volumes to tell the overall story. Well, I'm sold. So it's a Zoop Z O O P and uh search for a resolution or search for ron martz and uh, find it i'll include a link in the show notes um how long of a campaign is this um i i believe we're doing it for a month you know it's okay. it's 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 kickstarter like in that effect in that okay. in that sense is that it's you know it's um it's a bit streamlined yeah. but um if you're if you've ever pledged to a kickstarter or indiegogo this will be familiar. Um, right. And it's basically, you know, I, I love the, the rise of, of crowdfunding projects and Kickstarters because it allows creators to do what they want to do and take it directly to the audience. Um, and, you know, it, it takes, it takes the, the, the middleman out of it. It takes the publisher out of it um, so that, that we can do the project exactly what we want exactly as we want. And we're, um, we're faced with, um, with no, uh, no editorial constraints, no, uh, budgetary constraints other than, you know, our own time and effort. 
uh, it's a you know it's a very much a direct to consumer uh, kind of uh, kind of world that we're living in now, um, and it allows us to to do to tell the kind of stories we want to tell. Um, and I'm certainly still doing, you know, doing other work uh, for other publishers. Um, you know, we just announced a, a, a book that I've got coming out from Aftershock called Almost American, which is a uh, true, the true story of a uh, Russian intelligence operative and his wife, uh, who was also a Russian intelligence operative, um, who ended up in the United States because they had to flee Russia. Um, and all everything that they went through. So um, uh, that's that's coming out in September. Um, working with the guy that it actually happened to, who uh, who was named Jan Newman. Um, oh, interesting. Who is who is kind of my buddy now? You know, my my buddy, the ex-Russian spy. Um, oh, how fun! Uh, you know, we're we're doing this project together, and then some other ones. Um, so, you know, the the beauty of of what I do is that I get to I get to till a lot of soil in different fields. Um, so I can do, you know, a big cosmic story, and then I can do a true life Russian spy story, um, and any number of other things that I've got going on, and any number of things that I'm juggling, like um, uh, the Swamp God serial that's running in in heavy metal right now. Um, I love I love to stretch different muscles. You know, I, I said about Bruce earlier that one of his real uh, strengths as an artist is that you get something different from him all the time. Um, I don't think I pattern myself after Bruce per se, but I, I try to make sure that I do different things. I don't just, I don't just hopefully repeat myself. So I'm, you know, yeah. I can, I'll, I'll do a horror story and then a science fiction story and then an espionage story. Um, they're all of interest to me. There's, there's nothing that I don't want to try out. Absolutely. Um, Ron, if, someone wants to reach you what's the best way to do it um twitter is my most obvious um is my most obvious social platform which is just at ron mars um there's also a a sort of fan run facebook page for me um and my my website in in dire need of an update <laughs> um still has a still has a contact button on it that okay. reaches me as well so okay. um so there's any number of ways to um to, to poke me, but uh, I find that most things happen on Twitter because it's just, it's more immediate. Absolutely. That's, uh, I understand that. Uh, my friend, it was so great to catch up. I, I am so glad you're doing well. I'm excited about resolution. That sounds like an epic tale. And uh, I can't wait to when we hang up, I'm going to go and, and do my little pledge. Uh, and I will certainly urge my listeners, if they like what they hear, go over and do the same thing. Um, are you going to try to see Bruce on Broadway the second time? Um, I would, you know, I would love to. I know that the, the ticket, um, the, the ticket situation on the day that the tickets went up was, yeah. um, was difficult, right? And I thought, oh, man, yeah. I, don't, I don't know that I want to invest that deeply into it. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, maybe take tickets away from somebody who hasn't had the experience yet. Yeah. Um, that said, if I can get a hold of a ticket or two, um, I will absolutely go back. It's a, you know, it's a train ride for me to get there. And, yeah. and seeing it the first time was honestly one of the best nights of my life. So, um, so I would, um, I would absolutely 
uh, encourage anybody that has the chance to go. And um, if, you know, if the, if the cards play right, um, I might be sitting next to you. Sounds very good. I, uh, I decided not to go. I was lucky enough to see it last time, though I am selfishly praying he doesn't add any new songs. <laughs> you know, like people uh, that, you know, they were talking about, I'll see you in my dreams would be perfect to kind of add that. Like, no, no, I don't want to know there's a new song on there. That will be so tempting. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you if you haven't had the chance to see it. And luckily, uh, I've I've already gotten a couple of listeners who um, did not see it the first run and they are going to go and I've asked them to join me on set lusting Bruce. And then Ken Rosen, who does the great, you know, blog um, is their opening night. And he's going to join me a couple of days afterwards and kind of talk about opening night. So I'm, I'm excited. It's it's a wonderful experience, especially for people like I'm, you know, I'm North of the city, but I've, you know, been in New York city um, obviously hundreds of times over my, over my lifetime and stayed there and, yeah. You know, all of that for people that haven't come into New York City very often, um, the whole experience of, you know, going to a Broadway show and just being in Midtown and and um, especially as New York kind of comes back to life. Yeah, um, it's um, it's a tremendous uh, it's a tremendous gift and I hope people can experience it. Absolutely. My friend it is always great catching up with you. Uh, we'll have to do this again, uh, maybe in the fall. Just you know to where to find it. me. Absolutely, I'm, I'm very pleased that uh, that you're back and you're mending. Um, this is a uh, you know just like getting getting Bruce's album, getting getting these podcasts um, is a is a source of, of connection and comfort. That is very kind of you to say. I appreciate it, listeners. You please stay safe. Go get vaccinated. It's it's so easy. Um, you know, if not, you're vaccinated yet, wear your mask, remember to wash your hands, social distance. Let's get through this together because that's the only way we're going to do it. And for now, take care. We'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlessingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter, at SetLustingBruce, and my personal Twitter is at DFW. We have a website, www.SetLustingBruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts, as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Bruce shirts, as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, 
fan-thinking, joy-spreading, lyric-reading, story-sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listing Bruce. Set Listing Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.